What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Groomer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Martin. And today, get out your pen and paper. We have quite the educational segment here for you. We are sitting here with Jennifer Bishop Jenkins, who does the Groomer's Guide Educational Programs. Jennifer is a certified master groomer with four decades worth of experience, folks. Yes, she knows a thing or two about a thing or two. But most of all, and most importantly of all, she is widely known for a critically acclaimed program on the 15 coat types. So today, I've brought Jennifer here to give us a mini seminar about the 15 coat types and what we can all learn from that. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks, Alex, for what you do for our industry. You know, I'm all about education. I am a career um, high school history teacher, also taught college and junior high, but I you know, I have a master's degree in education, a master's degree in history, and we found out that you and I both went to SMU for our undergraduate, which is pretty cool. That's and crazy. Southern Methodist University, Dallas, Texas, great school. So um, it is really, I am into education, and I love that you do this groomer education um, because that is what I'm all about. And I'm actually going to hopefully be having my own podcast, Groomer's Guide, education here coming up pretty soon so i mean that's amazing and i know we're i mean we're all going to be listening to that i'm going to be glued to that you know like the weekly cable show but jennifer i'm really really stoked that you're here you don't know how many times guests or you know folks have told me hey jennifer's 15 co-types you have to read that you have to get into that so i thought no better way than to just get you here and let's you know walk through it together teach me as if i've never known a thing or two about um, you know, the different types of code types, how it relates to science, all sorts of that. So, you know, just first tell us why, I mean, how did you even start the 15 code types? Why, how are there 15 code types? Why did you, why did you, why did you do this? Why did you create this poster? I, I am so glad you asked that question first, because that is the most important thing. The, I'm not a full-time groomer the last 45 years, although I have been a master groomer for 40 years and grooming for 45 and part-time while I was teaching school. And I brought the eyes of, you know, a teacher to the grooming industry. And one of the things that as I, especially lately when we've been trying to train more groomers because our grooming industry is growing so explosively, I, I realized that as a teacher, you know, just the idea of a common shared understanding of terminology, of curriculum, of, um, you know, how do you train somebody to do this very complex thing with these very sharp tools and live animals? And, you know, plus the fact, combined with the fact that we really have in the grooming industry, I think a most unfortunate situation, which is there is no requirements whatsoever to be a groomer, at least not in the United States. And it is led to a situation where there are a lot of people that just pick up a book and a pair of clippers and hang out their shingle and, and think that they can groom dogs. And there are dogs that are suffering because of that. We need some regulation, some standardization. We need, um, I believe, uh, many of us that are leaders in the industry believe that there will be licensing one day. And the one thing that all professionals have, that all even trade industries like ours have is a common understanding of, you know, like if I'm an electrician and I point to a certain kind of a switch and I say, this is a, you know, a B1 switch, I'm making this up. Um, everybody who's an electrician is going to know 
that that is that switch. Um, if you're a doctor and you say, um, you know, the femur or the tibias, everybody is going to know what that is. And if you're a lawyer and you say habeas corpus, everybody who is a lawyer is going to know that. Okay. So what I'm talking about is um, that as I came full time finally into the grooming industry um, for the first time in my life in my mid 50s, which is after I retired from teaching, that's very late to start full time grooming. Um, I actually, um, the first thing I had was people wanting me to teach them and wanting me to, you know, I had staff I wanted to train. And so I st started to lay out everything that they needed to know. And it became very, very clear to me, even when I had experienced people coming in, that it's all over the map what's out there. And there is a, a common misunderstanding um, because I, the reason I got into this is because I show dogs and showing dogs, you go to a dog show and you see, you know, over there in the terrier ring, most of them are wire coated and you see over there in the poodle ring that they're groomed this way and the sporting group dogs are groomed this way. And, you know, having come into dog grooming because I was showing dogs and grooming was just some extra money to pay for my show dog habit. I actually really, it, it, you know, of course you groom different coat types a different way. But what I saw when I entered the grooming industry as a full-time professional in my own shop is that most groomers are just doing the same shampoo and the same shape down on every dog. Shampoo, shave down, shampoo, shave down. No differentiation between what the dogs have or need. Uh, and, you know, the fact that dogs are the most diverse, this is a good little bit of trivia for my class, the, of the mammals on earth, and you and I are mammals, dogs are mammals, um, you know, there's fish, birds, amphibians, reptiles, and mammals uh, of all the animals on the planet. And none of them have skin and hair except us mammals. We have skin and hair. And yet the dog, which is a single species, is the most physically diverse species, is most physically diverse mammal on earth. One dog species, and you can breed any dog to any dog because it's a single species. You could breed a Chihuahua to a St. Bernard. It's not a great idea. I wouldn't recommend it, especially unless the male were the smaller one. But you could do that and get a dog. You could breed any two dogs together and get a dog because it's one species. But they're all so diverse. If you think about the in incredible range of what the dog is in terms of size and temperament and build and coat type, there is a lot of diversity in the dog world. So it was um, increasingly obvious to me as I was going to grooming trade shows and so on, that there's not a standardization of curriculum. I go into one workshop at a trade show and somebody would say, oh yeah, shave this, shave this golden retriever down. And then this other person over here that was saying, oh, no, you have to hand strip that. And, you know, there's not even agreement in, you know, in and amongst groomers um, uh, on, on some of the most basic things. So it's it needs some standardization. It needs what I used to do full time for a living. I was a high school vice principal in charge of curriculum. And I was on a state appointed curriculum committee and I have a master's degree in curriculum and instruction and in addition to history. So I actually um, thought, you know, we need a curriculum 
we need terminology so that when I point to that golden retriever and say it has this kind of coat and it therefore needs this kind of grooming, stuff that every person who shows dogs just knows. Um, but the problem is, again, most groomers never go to dog shows and right. they don't really know all the breeds. Many of them, they love the dogs. They're, you know, they, they, you know, are dedicated to their well-being, but they don't know anything about the differences between them and the genetics and so on. Makes sense. So, so I decided, for 15 yeah. coat types is a way to standardize, you know, all of the diversity out there when it comes to a dog's um coat and i know you've got actually the poster with you and first off i know that that is one of the many innovations that you know just just at its core for you to take all of that diversification and and simply simplify it down to just 15 coat types in one simple poster anyone can hang it in their salon or learn from it etc but you've got the poster here in front of you and i've noticed you know the first thing right off the bat is that the the poster split in half from hair and fur yeah from a high level what i mean what is the large difference between hair versus fur how do i know the difference it's genetic all right so um i if, i hope that people have a visual view of this but i definitely and i'll and i'll show you but you you know i would encourage you to pick one up yourself for your own wall um first i want to say before i get into this that this is not me i didn't make this up okay this is the result of published scientific material, stuff in veterinary medical textbooks, um, genetic information that's been published by geneticists and genetic studies. Um, there's a lot of science being done about dogs. And a lot of the grooming differences are based on many, 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 I mean, I'm gonna say over 150 conversations that I had over a five-year period with AKC judges, breeders, master groomers, geneticists, college professors, um, the wisdom DNA panel people, all, I mean, I talked to a lot of people to try to get this right. But what I wanted to do was explain, and basically the fur versus hair is the dark blue, if you can see it, is and you have to turn the poster like two ways to get this is all the over here is all the grooming differences and and then the orange is the dermatology so basically i took science that's just out there uh, of the genetic types and this is in basic mammal genetics all mammals have two kinds of hair fur and hair is just a nickname um, one other way to describe it is PDL and UDL, predetermined length and undetermined length. And predetermined length hairs are like the hairs that you and I have on our arms and legs. It grows to a certain length and stops, okay? Predetermined length. And then there is the stuff on our heads, right? That grows and grows. You cut yours shorter, I, I wear mine longer, but this is undetermined length hair that would grow and grow until we uh, and, until we cut it or it breaks. So that's what we're calling hair is the undetermined length. And what we're calling fur is predetermined length. And I didn't pull that out. Actually, there's been uh, um, the groomer that, that gets the credit, the first person to publish gets the credit, um, uh, a wonderful groomer who made his fame. He's a Chicago master groomer like I was. Uh, but Billy Rafferty wrote a book called Happy Dog because he was Oprah's groomer. He still is Oprah's groomer, and even though she's moved to Bel Air in California, she flies her dogs to him still every month. It's amazing. 
but he is um he wrote a book called happy dog for oprah's book club in 1990 and he's the first person who said rather than calling it predetermined length and undetermined length why don't we give it a name that people can understand heron fur and so think of, yeah and so so, think so of, with that i mean give me some context so undetermined and predetermined length heron fur is this something i should be able to see with the naked eye or there's yeah. some like Okay, so I should be able to um, see when I get a dog, hey, you know, this part here is predetermined, this part's undetermined, et cetera. And, and actually on dogs, it's going to be one or the other. Okay, so it's fully one or the other. When I look at a dog. Well, there might be places on the body like armpits and bellies and groins and privates and bottoms of feet and stuff that are going to be different. But for the most part, let me just give you an example. You're going to know certainly as a groomer, one kind gets haircuts and the other kind doesn't. So one sheds. The fur type dogs shed and should not be cut, especially not on the torso. And there's different lengths and we'll get into that in a second. But then the hair type dogs are cut. So these are dogs, the pre, uh, undetermined length, let's do hair because it's easier. Think poodle, shih tzu, Yorkie, anything that the hair, you cut it and it grows back. Okay, and you can style it. Um, these are the dogs that mat and tangle more and shed less, way less, and they get their hair cut. Fur type dogs, if you can think more the natural canine, think of wolves, coyotes, foxes, right? And the dog is in that same family, the canine family, the canid group. And those all have coats that grow to a certain length and stop but they also have an undercoat that changes with the seasons. And that is the shedding stuff. So what the trick is with those guys is to protect that outer guard hair that grows to a certain length and stop, and then it goes dormant. And that's why if you shave it, it doesn't grow back well and it's really bad. So what you want to do is protect those outer guard hairs, but get that undercoat out. And in the case of the wire-coated breeds, there's a separate problem that requires some tugging on them that we call hand stripping. They have very deep follicles, very complex hair. And so, uh, I mean, it's very bumpy and very thick. Um, so it needs a little tugging to get it out of the follicles when it's dead, ready to shed out. So basically what I did was I, after talking to everybody, I was trying to explain genetics and dermatology and grooming differences. And I finally just had to put it together in this little design. So, and then the orange is the dermatology. And this again, comes straight from the medical textbooks. This is um, uh, the um, uh, Muller and Kirk, I might as well just give you the name of the book, Muller and Kirk Small Animal Dermatology. It's this thick, you can buy it on Amazon for 180 bucks, but it is a graduate school college textbook. It's not just, undergraduate it's like for people who've already been admitted to veterinary school okay and they're learning dermatology so this book muller and kirk um did all of the studies on like dog skin and has divided them into three categories that they call normal in the middle that's um it think again the wolf the natural dog these are your um the dogs that have the most hair they have the shedding undercoat um then you have your super shorts, which are, you know, you think boxer, Doberman, they have a single kind of hair, they don't have undercoat, or hairless dogs even, which is very rare. That's one of the types. So, um, and then 
then you have your long coats, like the ones that are hair that grows and grows and grows until you cut it. So dermatologically, this has to do with the number of hairs per follicle, the number of follicles per square inch, how many primary and secondary hairs, you know, all of that. It's it's um, and what they found is that these need dermatologically different product usage. So the stuff in the orange determines what kinds of conditioners do I want? What kind of shampoos do I want? What does their skin and coat need? Okay, so that, that was my exact question as you were going through that. So that first layer, hair versus fur, that basically tells me not only, hey, should this dog be groomed, but if it is groomed, how, how do we cut it? Yes, yeah. yes, I'm using the groom term loosely, but should this dog's <laughs> hair be cut? And if we do cut it, how should it be cut? Are we cutting... Are we cutting it because it continuously grows? Or are we cutting it to protect that inner layer? And then that dermatological um, you know, categorization, that long, normal, and short, uh -huh. that tells me how to take care of the skin, what kind of products I should be using to best serve that pet's wellness. Correct. And you know, for example, your short, um, the short category, which is very few dogs, but you can picture a Doberman, a Boxer, a Bulldog. You can also picture, if you've ever seen a hairless dog, a Chinese Crested. These guys really have, um, you know, dogs have much thinner skin than you and I do. I, I say this often, but it's really true. You can look at dermatological um, cross sections. You and I have very thick skin and very thin hair, especially me in my 60s. Um, but the dogs are the opposite. They have very thin skin and they have a lot more hair. So we have a lot of skin and a little bit of hair and they have a lot of hair and a little bit of skin. So you want to protect that skin. That's why you never, ever, ever want to remove the coat down to the skin of any of these dogs. Um, even the haircut dogs, you, it's recommended that you leave approximately an inch on them. We've got all this data now about skin cancer and stuff. So, but these short hair dogs, if you think about a hairless breed or a boxer Doberman type of pet coat, they need oil, like they're dry, they're crusty. They have um, very thin skin and no hair or little hair to protect them. These guys need to be oiled daily, like a light argon oil, not a heavy coconut oil or something, but something light. You need to like, it's like, you know, women that need to moisturize their skin every day. You just need to do it. Um, these guys in the medium category, the normal category, uh, this is where these dogs are the big shedders. They're the ones that are producing tons of hair constantly. They have way more hairs, way more hairs per follicle, way more follicles per square inch, way more undercoat. They're changing their undercoat seasonally constantly. And they need to have more minerals, calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, the makings of building hair. They need more of that. Now, all three categories, I mean, all, all mammals need oils, minerals, and in the case of, of the lungs, they need moisturizers, humectants, emollients, collagen. All people and mammals need all of those, but they need them in different amounts. And in the dog's case, um, it's, very, it's a very neat little um, um, division. It actually tells you exactly what kind of products that you should be gearing your towards your dogs and your clients can you give us some examples of those just so we can... uh, breeds. yeah sure yeah. So the short ones would be um boxers dobermans and the and your hairless breeds like chinese crested and what kind of what kind of so short 
Um, and what kind of uh, products would you recommend we use for so you, like that? You're, you're going to want to use something that is geared. There are, pro well, this is the good news right now. There are shampoo and, and conditioning companies. And in, in the most famous, of course, is Yves Saint Bernard, because Dr. Cliff Favor has uh, a veterinarian, is the distributor in the US, and he took it on left his veterinary practice so he could do it because he could see the need for products that really could nourish the skin. And so you can actually buy shampoos and conditioners in these categories that will have more oils or that will have more minerals in, in the case of the most, this is where the majority of dogs in the world are right here in the normal section. And then the long coat, you're talking about dogs with longer hair, even if you're giving them a haircut, their hairs are constructed in such a way that they can't get the oil out and down on the, the length of the hair unless they have more moisturizers. So these guys are going to use more, uh, you know, collagen and, you know, you're going to have more humectants and emollients. You know, part of it is reading your labels, talking to your manufacturers. Um, and uh, more and more, uh, they are starting now that there are more of us talking about the science, more companies are starting to market to this, which is really great. Okay. I love that. Then in the each of the, the final category here is just the grooming differences. And this is defined the way I came up with 15 was like I said, five years of many, 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 many conversations. I started with nine, went to 12, 14, 15, back to 14, back to 15. It was a conversation. It is still a conversation because I'm writing a book and I'm talking to a lot of people about this. This is gonna be coming out in 2024 as a book. Um, but what we settled on um, is something that's different that makes the, the grooming different. So really the grooming in this short category, your, your 15 coat types are hairless, smooth. Then you've got four kinds of double coats, okay? Short, medium, long, and primitive or triple or arctic, like your Samoyeds and Huskies. Then you've got two of these kind of flat-backed but skirted in some cases breeds you get flatter jacketed coat that is your golden retrievers your setters your your springers they have a flat lying back but they have like a skirt underneath cavaliers then you have wire coats two kinds rough and broken they're they're both hand stripped but they are essentially um the rough is most wire coated braids there's a few breeds that are more broken coat there's more of it sitting on the outside it's looser it's less wire a lot of mixed breed dogs have broken coats where they have just it's like a short double coat with some wire sticking out of it so those are the wire coats they require some hand stripping and then in the curly category and this is a change that's going to be made in the next in the book that is coming out Curly and wavy, uh, curly, uh, wavy is its own type now. That's coming. Curly and rustic are two types of ways that the hair curls, but the rustic coat, you can actually physically see this in a microscope. The rustic coat has more undercoat. It's just thicker, it's bigger, it's stronger, and it's got way more undercoat. Um, the wavies are now their own type, and that will come out in the book. And that is actually a hair that is shaped differently. The follicles bent, the hair is kidney bean shaped. And whereas in the curly hair hairs, you can actually look under a microscope and see that the hair has like, you know how you take a Christmas ribbon and a scissor and you, you, you make it, you know, kinky curly by scraping your scissor on, have you ever done that? 
<laughs> I don't know if you've yeah, ever wrapped, yeah. wrapped presents before and done that. <laughs> there's a strong side and a weak side <clears throat> that makes that ribbon curl like that. And yeah. so um, you can actually see it under a microscope with a curly coat. It comes out bent and it actually will um, twist because it's got a weak side and a strong side. And then your, your rustic, so your curly coats would be like your poodles and bichons. Your wavy coats are going to be like <clears throat> soft, <clears throat> excuse me, soft-coated wheat and terriers, um, a, a lot of doodles and so on. Um, rustic is only two breeds, Spanish water dogs and <clears throat> Legoto Romagnolo. That's a very distinctive coat. Um, and then your last hair categories are long or drop and this would be your straight shaped like it just hangs straight and those hairs you look under a microscope you can see they're perfectly round and they hang long and straight so that would be your shih tzus your yorkies right maltese things like that um corded interestingly enough is not really a genetic type or a dermatological type it is just a way to groom it's a way to groom it differently you can cord a poodle you can cord an Afghan. You can cord an Old English Sheepdog if you want to. Um, there are some breeds that have coats that Commodores and Pulleys and um, Havanese that cord very easily, and cording is usually seen in the show ring. So cording is just a way of putting them into dreadlocks, right? And then combination coats is that sort of last of the 15 types that's a sort of a catch-all category for everything that doesn't fit in the other categories. And basically combination coats would be like Old English Sheepdog, Bouvier de Flanders, most doodles. Doodles are actually a cross between fur and hair. If you think about what all doodles, which is a huge part of the grooming industry, right? You're taking dogs that need to shed like a golden retriever or a Labrador and crossing them to a dog like a poodle that won't let them shed. Like who thought that was a good idea? Okay, so it is, coat that needs to shed across to a, a, a coat that's that crazy. won't And so that falls in that combination section. And that's why they mat. All of the coats in this category have, like in the case, let's just say an old English sheepdog. A correct old English sheepdog coat has length. It has to be cut. It has a massive undercoat and it has to be de-shed out and it has wiriness, right? So you have to treat all of those properties to it. And so, all of these require extra, all the combination coats require extra blow drying, extra bathing, extra products, extra time, extra brush out, and um, you should charge more for them. They mat more easily. Okay, so, so you did just go through, you went all 15, and for those of you guys that listen to the audio, you can look at the video to see kind of the visual reference here that Jennifer's going through. Um, I'm curious, Jennifer, so a lot of those, you know, as we kind of delineated between you know, uh, rustic and curly or rustic and wavy. Right. There are a few of those ones that you mentioned, you know, you can see the difference in a microscope. Yeah. How, you know, how different are the breed guidelines for actually doing the groom um, if I don't have a microscope? You know, say, all right, right, I've identified its hair, it's long, okay, I'm onto the third category now and I can't separate the difference. I don't have my microscope handy. I can't separate the difference between the, the wavy and the rustic. Is there well, is there like an eye test that you well, recommend that we can breeds, use? There's only two breeds that have the rustic curly coat. And this would be part of good groomer education. Any groomer that wants to become, for example, like me, a certified master groomer. 
they have to learn the breed standards. AKC.org in the United States has every one of the AKC, 200 AKC breeds that are accepted, and they all have what's called a breed standard. And it will say in that breed standard, it's all online at AKC.org, you can find out what it is that that breed has. It'll tell you about its coat. And everybody who wants to learn their breeds and learn their dogs and become a certified groomer really needs to learn, um, you know, go to a dog show first and walk around and take pictures and talk to people in the grooming area and ask them questions. But like a rustic coat, it would be a Lagoto Romagnolo or a Spanish water dog. Those dogs are shown either in ringlets or cords and they are going to be, um, you can't do like with a curly coat, think Poodle or Bichon, you can, you can actually see it's kind of a kinky round thing, but we stretch dry the Poodles and the Bichons, we pull on them with heat in our dryer, we make them stand up. Some people call it a stand up coat because you can dry it hot and it'll just stand up there like that. It's really thick and strong. So that kind of coat, is beautiful to sculpt. The curly coat is the ultimate, ultimate artistic vehicle for groomers because it will sculpt like clay anything, any way you want it to go. Um, but rustic coats have to be in those ringlets or cords because if you try to brush them out and make them fluff up and stuff, they're just gonna mat, mat horribly. So um, there are real differences that you just have to read in the breed standards and stuff. And But we go over all of this in, in the class. That's awesome. That's incredible. I'm curious, you know, you said in the beginning, it's gone from 14 to 15 to 14 to 15. What is, that, what is that last one that was kind of on the fence? Uh, whether or not there's two kinds of wire coat. Uh, is there just wire coats? Is that going to be its own category? That was the discussion, and I had it with many, many, many people. Or is it going to be what the American Kennel Club says in these breed standards that there are some, like, for example, the Jack Russell Terrier comes in a rough variety and a broken variety. The rough variety is wiry all over and, and a lot of wire coat uh, and is hand stripped from head to toe. The broken variety has basically just looks like a a, you know, a double, short double coated dog and um, like a lab with just some wiry sticking out of it, kind of. So it's very much less hand stripping to do a broken. Um, because they're both hand stripped, the MrTerrier.com, I'm going to go ahead and say him because he's, I worship the ground he walks on. Scott Wasserman is the leading terrier expert, I believe, uh, in grooming in, in the English speaking world. And he, MrTerrier.com, he, he kept saying, look, your list, Jennifer, is 15 grooming coat types. These both, even though they are separated in AKC breed standards, these both are hand strips, so they should just be one type. For So that's where the 14 and 15 went, went back and forth about. So I ended up putting a dotted line in there between rough and broken because so it's, it's like 14 and a half. <laughs> it's like 14 and a half. And I actually call it the Wasserman line. And, you know, oh, I love he, that. Sadly, the man has had to embrace the fame because he already <laughs> had the fame. But um, people are now coming up to him with their posters and asking him to autograph the line. Right? Oh, my gosh. That is so good. I'm, I'm definitely going to do that the next time I see him. Have, have him <laughs> autograph the Wasserman line there. Wasserman line. There it is. Right there. That is so funny. Okay. So, Jennifer, you've gone through kind of, you know, the two differences in, um, you know, coat types being hair and fur, and then the dermatological differences um, being short, 
normal and long. And then yep. you've gone through the actual 15 grooming standards or, you know, grooming types yep. for, for all of them. Talk to us, you know, bring it back home here. How do you recommend we use this? Do we hang this up in our salon? Do we study, yeah. you know, do we add it to our training manuals for our grooming stuff? Yeah. I mean, how, how do we actually above. use this? Yeah, all of the above. But I, I have a, a copy in the back for my groomers in my salon and a copy in the lobby for the clients. It is fantastic for client education. They come in with their dog. You point to this very authoritatively and say, oh, your dog is this. And, it, you know, it spells out like just the basics of, you know, the yeah. do's and don'ts of it. But right now, like if they come into you, for example, with a fur type dog that is like a German Shepherd or an Australian Shepherd, and they say, shave my German Shepherd, which you should never do, um, you can point to this and say, oh, but they have a predetermined length coat. They're shedders, not, you know, they're not hair that grows and grows. Use the analogy of the hair on your head versus the hair on your arms and legs. You would cut your hair on your head, but you would never shave your arms. You would end up with prickles and ingrown hair follicles and all sorts of problems, right? You don't shave these. Uh, you end up with big problems. So um, yeah, you would definitely use it for training your staff. It's also just as a quick handy reminder about what products to use. And and um, But I think for educating other groomers and for educating clients, it's, it's very mean, helpful. The client education is incredibly smart way to use that. I mean, seriously, it's like someone comes in not only with, hey, this is what we recommend doing it, um, you know, how, how we recommend, you know, grooming your German Shepherd, but when they leave any client, German Shepherd or not, you can give direct recommendations for aftercare. Hey, yes. you know, this is the dog that sheds really frequently because it's in this category, et cetera. Make sure you're doing X, Y, and Z. Or this is the dog that's going to mat extremely easily if you don't already know that. So make sure you're using these products or brushing X amount of times a week, et cetera. So the aftercare instructions. With these type dogs, especially the ones in the double coat category, these four types of double coats. And if I can just real quick tell you the difference between the short, the medium, the long, and the primitive. Shorts would be your Labrador retrievers get no cutting at all, just de-shedding. Medium would be like your Australian Shepherds, your Border Collies, um, Belgian Tavern, that kind of stuff. Uh, things that look more like a, uh, even a, a, a woolly wolf. Um, this is where most uh, dogs in the wild, I mean, most canines in the wild are. And I show Australian Shepherds. You do some trimming. You trim the feet, you trim the ears, you trim the tail, but you're not going to be uh, and you might, when they're older, you might trim a little bit on the skirt underneath, but mostly it's just feet and ears and tail. And that's some trimming. And then your long double coats are like Newfoundlands and, um, you know, Bouviers and no, no, they actually, they're a combination coat. Um, Newfoundlands and Great Pyrenees and Leonbergers. Um, there is going to be some overall trimming. You can trim the chest, you can trim all around the, the neck, but just not on the top of sides of the neck and torso. And um, so there's a lot, so there's just a degree of trimming that, that separates these double coats. Okay. No, that's great. That's phenomenal. That's And, and even as a, you know, as a dog owner, that's huge to know. Um, talk to us, you know, we, we have, I wish we had three hours to go deeper on this, um, but well, that's why you do seminars and courses and classes and we've got a book coming around the corner. So Jennifer, plug it all. How do we, how do we not only a get the poster, um, but B when's your next seminar or class or anything that we can attend to learn more? 
yeah, thank you so much for that, Alex. I um, definitely want people to take the whole class. It's four to five hours long in its full uh, iteration. In fact, really, it's almost six now with all the new materials that are coming out. So um, uh, it's, I, and I can do it on Zoom for anybody anytime. Uh, but the way to reach me is groomersguide.com, groomersguide.com. The poster, you can order it there. Uh, there are also people listed that carry it uh, on there, like International Professional Groomers carries it, Whitman's carries it, and so on. There's links to their website on my shop page at uh, groomersguide.com. Um, the next time I am doing a in-person conference, I do a lot of trade shows. Um, we're all kind of off for the holidays right now, but I'm, I am going to be in Pasadena at Groom Expo West in February. And um, I, you know, I'm always uh, always interested in trying to get this class onto people's, uh, you know, into their training baskets and so on. It's uh, available uh, on the Positive Ed, uh, which is Mary Aquendo's wonderful library of um, grooming videos. It's on that site. It's also on All Things Paw. Michelle Knowles, amazing. Um, she's very focused on skin and coat. Um, all things paw, paw.com. Uh, it the 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 class is up there, and so you can go to get the positive ad link. You have to go to my groomersguide.com website and buy the course on the you know it's 197 dollars, and you can buy it, and then that'll take you to the positive ad link, or you can go to all things paw and buy it there and take it there, or you can you know, put your staff together and we can do a live interactive on Zoom, you know, put four or five friends together and we can just sit down and take an afternoon and do the whole thing there too. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, and maybe there's a way in the future here, Jennifer, for us to hold something for you. Um, so any Daily Groomer fans can come on and do a, you know, community class and, and that sort of aspect. Um, but Jennifer, you are a rock star. You can tell that you're extremely well-read and an even better teacher, which is really hard, uh, especially, you know, given how much you know, how well you present it is a whole nother thing. And you are amazing at that. So I really, really appreciate you sharing all of that knowledge with us, even in Back that. Back my fellow Mustang. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> all right, well, Jennifer, thank you so much. We look forward to having you on again. Um, and if anyone has any questions for Jennifer, Jennifer or can't find anything, feel free to email us and we'll connect you guys directly. Um, Jennifer, yeah. we really appreciate it. And, and that's the pot. <laughs>